0: The ideas procedures and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional all matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision welcome to the warrior wellness podcast a podcast for military members veterans and first responders focusing on fitness health nutrition and biohacking our mission with this podcast is to introduce america's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Today, I sit down with Sarah Maples, who is the founder of After the DD214, an organization that helps veterans and military spouses transition from military life to civilian careers and optimize their post-military life. Sarah started her career as an Air Force intelligence officer and worked in uniform as an associate dean at the Defense Language Institute. That's pretty impressive. She's now a freelance writer, editor, and writing coach. She's serving her fellow veterans with information, resources, and one-on-one transition advising. After the DD-214 is the blog she founded to help fellow veterans navigate their post-military life. I hope you enjoy this interview with after the DD-214 founder, Sarah Maples. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. And um, we're going to be talking about your organization after the DD-214 here in a minute. But um, tell us about your career in the Air Force as an intelligence officer.
0: So I got an ROTC scholarship. That's how um, I got connected with the Air Force. And uh, following that was commissioned as a second lieutenant. Um, Ending up as an intel officer was a little bit of an accident. My uh, ROTC cadre actually told me that's where I could use my foreign language. So I studied German and Russian in college. And that turned out not to be the case for a number of reasons. And so um, I ended up Uh, going to Intel School at Goodfellow Air Force Base for about 10 months and then did a variety of different jobs uh, in the Intel field, um, starting out working with F-16s and ending up at the Defense Language Institute um, and uh, deployments to Saudi and Afghanistan in the middle.
1: And I was so interested um, when I saw that you had, um, you were a, um, you were like an adjunct professor or uh associate, associate dean. dean okay gotcha mm-hmm. at the defense language institute that is so interesting and i i think like when i think of intelligence officer like that's the furthest thing i would never think that that would be a position as an intelligence officer that's that's just i mean me personally intriguing to me what what were your duties and responsibilities as as in that position
0: uh so it wasn't intelligence um except yeah. for when I was deployed to Afghanistan um, for six months of that time. Um, but the associate dean role at uh, DLI is normally in 05, Bill at I was in an 03. Uh, and it is second in charge of the schoolhouse and it runs a lot of overseeing faculty, students, the budget, facilities. Um, so sort of keeping everything running, dealing with discipline issues and those kinds of things. So a lot of operational related things.
1: Yeah, Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. And when I, I was a, uh, I was a signal officer and I ended up back at the schoolhouse as well as a, and I got certified as an army instructor. So my last three years in was as an army instructor at, at the officer candidate school. So I had, you know, I had kind of a similar, I followed your, your path a little bit and, and just ending up more as a instructor or in operations rather than actually doing your job. Like I wasn't even doing anything any anywhere close to signal, you know, training or any kind of stuff like that. So I just thought that was interesting that my path kind of followed yours as well. So let's talk about your you're all about transitions. You know, this is kind of what you're interested in, what you're doing with the military veterans and, and spouses that you're helping. So talk about your own transition from military to civilian.
0: Oh, it's quite a mess. Um, I didn't, the transition program at the time was really lacking. And I didn't have any idea, like a lot of veterans, what I wanted to do when I left the service. Um, I didn't have any understanding of the value that my experience up to that point had brought and what it could offer. And where I fit in the corporate world and um, on top of that I became a military spouse for a little while and so that was a giant shift there too in um, my identity and how I was treated you know I was on base I was allowed back on base, which, you know, you weren't then if you weren't a spouse or a contractor, but, um, but I was still treated very differently. So the same person who would have had to salute me on Friday, now on Monday, looked at me a little condescendingly when I provided my spouse uh, ID. And so that was a big um, identity shift for me that I had to go through on top of trying to um, transition into working into the corporate world.
1: So what, how did you kind of, or what what was the first thing you kind of did as, after you transitioned out of the military, what, what area, um, career area did you first go into?
0: So I started out as a marketing analyst. I thought that was a place where my intelligence skills would transfer pretty closely. Um, And that was true, but it was wrong for uh, so many reasons. Um, So I actually only lasted three months in my first post-military job. And then um, and then I took a break for a while. My then husband was deployed for eight months, uh, excuse me, deployed for a year, eight months after we got married. And so there was moving involved, you know, sort of all of the things that military spouses generally deal with when they're trying to have a career while they're also married to an active duty individual. And then um, after that break, then I managed to get back into my career working um, with in the military veteran community primarily starting out as an academic advisor and VA school certifying official helping veterans use their GI Bill and that's really where um, my path into helping other veterans started out.
1: Yeah and that's interesting Um, you know that that was your path and I think that's common is when we get out of the military we kind of have an identity crisis (laughs) and it it's you know usually what we end up falling into as a career or quote unquote you know our first job out it's not what we actually end up doing long term and you know I, I just want to remind people who listening if you've you know been in this situation or if you've transitioned or you're about to transition um, you know you're not married to it you know <laughs> it's it's not a marriage right it, you you may you know just it might be circumstantial. You may think you might want to go down this path, um, but, you know, you find out, no, this isn't for me. So there's no shame in, in saying, yeah, that that didn't work for me and, and, you know, moved on to other things. So I know that there's a little bit of stigma behind that of just staying in a job for a short amount of time, but, um, and, and, you know, but I think a lot of people stay in jobs Um, that they just hate and they know that's not right for them uh, because they feel like they're obligated at this point because they agreed to the position and, you know, this is what they're supposed to do. So just a reminder that, you know, you're not married to it. You didn't put a ring on it. You you can move on, right? You know, sometimes you just, it's trial and error and you got to figure it out.
0: Correct, and the sort of the loyalty that the military ingrains in us toward the military is is they do that for a very specific reason, and it doesn't really apply on the outside uh, in the same way. And the loyalty then should be transferred to yourself, which is where it should always be to begin with. But we sort of displace that when we're in the service.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that point. Yeah, it, so that is ingrained in us mentally is to is to be loyal, um, but. You know, that just doesn't translate to the outside and maybe just shifting that focus and loyalty to yourself and what's best for you would be a greater idea. Awesome. So what inspired you to create after the DD 214? What led up to that?
0: So, I started that in 2013 after I'd worked for just uh, under two years with those student veterans. That was the first time I realized that I wasn't the only one that had difficulty transitioning out of the military. This was a very common thing. The trying to figure out where to put our talents and our interests and what would give us the same sort of satisfaction that we'd experienced in the military was a very common thing. And um, I really loved working with my students. It was one of my favorite jobs um, uh, post military. After I left, I thought um, my students can't be the only ones who don't know how to navigate their GI Bill or post-military life. And so I started after the DD-214 as a blog to relay a lot of the information that my students had found helpful to more veterans. Um, And then over the last year, I've started to broaden it a little bit more to provide one-on-one assistance and more resources and information than I had been before.
1: So what can you just describe to, to us in the audience what is after the DDT fourteen, and what kind of services do you provide?
0: Sure. So my tagline is Intel for Vets. Uh, so it's really a place to help um, improve a veteran's military transition and optimize optimize their post military life. So uh, I will provide information on resources, um, mindset. I do focus a lot on mindset to help. Uh, avoid that sort of shift of um, the loyalty issues that I only stayed three months in my post-military job because I wasn't really mentally prepared for what I wanted to be looking at. I provide one-on-one assistance, um, whether that's coaching or uh, resume assistance, um, prioritization, a lot of those things that veterans often have difficulty doing um, once the guardrails that the military had set up are taken away. Um, I regularly write articles and there will be um, some free workshops coming um, this first quarter, as well as some other resources that I'll have available.
1: Now, do you help with, um, you know, resume building? Um, you know, kind of the job application process.
0: I do more of helping. I do help with resumes. Um, But I do a lot more of teaching the mentality behind understanding how to to promote yourself and how to put the correct information on the resume, as opposed to writing the resume for veterans. I will help them and give them examples. But um, just like I did with my students, you know, if I do it for you, that's only going to help you now. And realistically, your civilian life is going to be in most cases, at least twice as long as your military one was. And so you're probably gonna have to go through this process of applying for jobs more than one time. So I try to teach uh, veterans the the way to look at applying for resumes, how to read job descriptions, how to apply their skill sets and narrow their focus. I, I call it avoiding the carpet bombing effect, which is too many veterans to start throwing stuff out there and really um, narrow down and focus on what they really want for their lives, and then build their resume and their job search based on that.
1: Yeah. Okay. And and I, I wanted to also kind of touch upon how things have changed over the last year. So people leaving the military now are entering a very different job market than the one in existence a year ago, right? I mean, that's just the reality of the world right now. So what is your advice for those who are transitioning right now into this kind of new normal, which we haven't even been doing it that long, so we're still figuring it out, um, where you may not have the opportunity to make an impression in an in-person interview um, and now have to rely upon your credentials and your, like you say, your kind of self-marketing skills and your communication skills via email and, and video to get a job? I think it's even more
0: important to avoid the carpet bombing. I think that's really what this you know, is about. I mean, pre-COVID, you could bump into somebody at a job fair in person and you could have a connection with them, maybe if the recruiter was a veteran or was specifically looking for veterans, or you might have gone to a networking event and bumped into somebody who might have had an opportunity. And that's really taken away now. Now you have to be much more deliberate about where you interact and how you interact with individuals to to develop those opportunities, especially since so many jobs are not just found on job boards, they're through connections. And so I think that the, the main thing is they have to be very targeted in what they're looking for so that they can put their resources towards finding those opportunities that may have just come across before and now are not. They just have to be very focused.
1: Yeah, that's that's good advice. And um, I'm thinking of, you know, some of the networking events that I used to go to in person. And now a lot of those have transitioned to online. But one of the things that I um, really liked about some of those networking events was they encouraged you to be specific about what you're looking for rather than, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for customers for my business. You know, I sell this tchotchke and I want people to buy it, you know, kind of thing. It's more, I am looking for, you know, this kind of person, maybe in this area or this kind of job. Um, so be specific. I like, I like that advice and and just keep kind of putting that out there because you never know, in your connections, who may know who else. So it is important to be very specific and and ask for what you're looking for.
0: Right, and that that could be a process, figuring that out. I call it figuring out your desired end state to reference the military decision-making process is you really need to know what you wanna look for. And even if you don't know what kind of job that you wanna do, I work my veterans through figuring out what kind of life they want Um, because Even if you're not sure whether you want to be doing business development or uh, working for a defense contractor as a subject matter expert, if I ask you, do you want to work weekends? Every single transitioning veteran can answer that question instantaneously for me, yes or no. And so by building this entire list of things that you want your life to look like, you can automatically start narrowing your results and get more focused, even if you're not sure what kind of job that you want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. And Hey, if the answer is no, then don't, don't open your own business. <laughs> a lot of people say, yeah, you hear a lot. I mean, don't you, you hear, I mean, I swear if I had a dime for every veteran out there who wants to open their own business i and be a millionaire, but uh, yeah, to I guess you just have to find out for yourself that, whew, that's a lot more work than, than you thought it was going to be. Right. Yes.
0: Yeah, so it's like going back to that whole guardrail thing. You know, even when you transfer out of the military and you go to the corporate world, there's still some limitations in business for yourself. You better be prepared to build those in or you will be answering client emails at midnight and <laughs> working all through your weekends. Yes, as I say at the end of my first year in business for myself.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, awesome. So who, who needs you, who, who needs to go to after the DD 214 website and check out um, what you, what you offer and potentially hire you for some coaching. So
0: I work with um, two, two groups mostly. So one is individuals who are leaving active duty um, who might be um, overwhelmed by what they're going through and they're really not sure what they want that end state to look like yet. And, um, those are the largest group that I work with. I also work for individuals, excuse me, with individuals who transitioned out and maybe aren't where they thought they would be because they didn't do that prior work on figuring out what they wanted their end state to do. And I help them figure out where to go from here and how to build a strategy to get there.
1: Awesome. And definitely um, in the show notes, just letting everybody who's listening know um, www.afterthedb214.com and all the other social media um, and LinkedIn uh, links will be there in the show notes for this episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. So thanks, Sarah, for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Just reminding you to go ahead and subscribe or follow us wherever you listen to our podcast, or of course on the Fireteam Whiskey YouTube channel, subscribe there and please leave us a review. If you leave us a review on any of those areas, please screenshot it, email it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you a little thank you gift just for taking the time to provide us some feedback.